0: And so, have you ever thought about the role that the body plays in your experience of prosperity? Hello there, it is Shara Carruthers here, and you are listening to the Live Like You Love Yourself podcast. And you know, yoga kind of teaches us that the body is our vehicle for expression in the world, and our practice of yoga often feels a bit dedicated to getting friendlier with our bodies. But have you ever wondered, or even thought about how the way that you move or the freedom you feel in your body translates to the level of success that you've been able to achieve in life in whatever arenas that you're interested in finding success in. You know, as someone a little bit obsessed with feeling and intimately and forever curious about the the variations and the expressions of embodiment and how being embodied impacts our experience of ourselves, I have definitely wondered about the connections between how we move and how we feel and how we are in the world. And so when I was introduced to today's guest via a mutual friend, I got to tell you, I was very excited to hear that she's a dancer. I'm a huge dance fan and even more excited to see her work itself. And so I checked out her Instagram, as you do, and I was mesmerized. And so we've added her Insta details to the show notes. So I invite you to go and check it out, especially if you're a fan of movement or modern dance. What I saw was a freedom of movement that expressed familiarity with her body and herself. I saw confidence and vulnerability and joy and pain and curiosity and so much more. And I felt connection. And so I couldn't wait to dive into a conversation with her to better understand the connections between how she moves and lives in her body and how she is in the world and how all of that translates to how she supports others and breaking through the things that hold them back. And I got to tell you that this conversation was a fun and beautiful meeting of the minds. I, I have a long love of dance and the abstract ways of connection and expression that it seems to give us access to. And Michelle Boulay, our guest today, is one of the most authentically playful, curious and real folks that I've had the chance to chat with. And so I know that you'll find something in this conversation, which turned out to be beautifully playful and enlightening for me. And so with that, I'll leave you to dive into this conversation that I had with the inimitable Michelle Boulay. Hello, folks. Shark Brothers here. Very, very excited to be here with Michelle Boulay today. And you know, this is the thing, like I would have talked a little bit about Michelle in the um, in the intro but Michelle is kind of outside of the normal um, guests that I have, which is it, which is especially exciting to me. And so, what I wanted to start with, Michelle, hello, Michelle, hi. hi. What I wanted to talk with you about um, from the outset is is your path. I mm. wanted to kind of get a sense for your path to where you are. Now, like that's a big place to start and it'll probably be, we'll probably be picking from that as we kind of move through this conversation. But I'm so interested about the road that you've traveled and the circumstances or the lessons that have kind of influenced what you believe most or how you live today. Okay. There you go. Biggin.
1: You want me to talk straight for the next 45 minutes? Yeah,
0: <laughs> probably, <laughs> no. I'll interrupt here and there. <laughs> go for it.
1: Just whatever. Well, I- yeah, totally. I'm just kidding. I think, you know, the, the thing that I feel that I am now is a dancer, mm. a person who honors movement in every aspect of our lives. Um, who, a, a being, a person, me, who honors the consciousness that organizes all of that. And I think the consciousness that organizes this entire planet, this universe and how we tap in and out of that, or do our best to tap into it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ongoing, you know, in our own personal evolution. So that's like maybe the meta macro version or one that's coming up right now. Yeah, sure. um, but I started dancing when I was five. I had an affinity for it. And I, I think, I know that at a young age, I became very curious about allowing something bigger or greater to move through me. And part of that also came from being raised Catholic, you know, Mm -hmm. and like sitting in church and we're singing, be not afraid, you know, and I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm moved by this. I'm a little seven-year-old crying, you know, Um, the spirituality of that and the sort of humility to be available for something greater. So I danced and danced and danced. And I think with, you know, we've all experienced, I imagine, ways that we move in and out of being on the path. And mine was getting injured. So I had surgery on both of my feet when I was 13. Um, I had to quit dancing when I was 16 because I had such bad tendonitis in my ankles that it hurt to walk. And I had been dancing probably 20 hours a week outside of going to like high school full time. Um, and at that point, I just didn't know what to do with myself. I, you know, it was like, I was going to be a dancer and I ended up finishing high school, going to the university of Illinois in the U S and they had a really good dance program that I had no idea about. I just walked by it one day and I went in there and looked in the studio window. It was like a non-majors class with a lot of men awkwardly moving in their t-shirts and shorts you know it's like a bunch of football players or engineers or something um and then I went home and I got my paper course catalog and I was like what's a dance class I can take and I started dancing and the the program there had a really holistic somatic foundation in the training Alexander Technique um Bartinia Fundamentals and a class where Each week, we learned about a different somatic modality we could work with. So I started to get introduced to a holistic way of working because when I had the tendonitis, it was like, put these inserts in your shoes, do these ankle exercises, don't dance. None of that really worked. (laughs) Um, So in the university, I was introduced to this holistic idea. I started dancing. I got a scholarship. I graduated and I moved to New York City within a week and started a professional career. And in that career, again, I, I kept, you know, I would get injured again. Um, one point I was, my back was in pain. You know, every step I took is just my SI joint is not feeling good. I go to my chiropractor who is holistic and he's a homeopath and applied kinesiologist and all these things. And he said, we need to work on my anger. And I was like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) I know right and then he did his thing and I when I left that appointment I could not get back on the subway I'm in New York City usually it's like zoom 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 you know New York Mm -hmm. yeah and I and I was on like 95th and West End Avenue Mm -hmm. and I slowly walked from there all the way to like the Bloomingdale's building so it's about three and a half Mm -hmm. miles And every story of the anger, the moments I had suppressed anger, just were surfacing in my consciousness. And I went home that night and I ate one beet slice for dinner. And it was, you know, it wasn't a diet. It was just, I couldn't stuff anything down anymore because I had done enough of that in my life. Mm. And my back pain went away. Mm. You know, and so then like, so this just kept opening the door. Okay, what's that? And then I, and then like I sprained my ankle some years later, I ended up getting a body talk session and the woman did not touch my ankle. No adjustments, tap, 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 head and heart. And now it's gut. They tap on the gut brain too. I walk out and my ankle feels better. All these little things, because I wanted to dance more, because I wanted to let something move through me. Like that, after these injuries, I was like, how can I become available? What can I do with my body to become available for something that is bigger than me or even truer than what I am experiencing up to this moment? So I ended up getting certified in as a body talk practitioner. So it's it's a consciousness energy-based healing modality within a year of that session, fully certified within that first year certification. I had taken all the advanced modules I could. And that became the foundation for my research, what I taught as a dance teacher, what I did as a choreographer, just the foundation of understanding I brought to my the work I did as a collaborative performer. And then the, the last facet I'll touch on in my story that connects me to where I am now is I reached a point where I, you know, with this theme of always wanting to be available to something greater. I reached a point where I realized if I didn't learn how to make money mm. or make more money, my life would not change. And I had some money saved up, but it was very stagnant, right? Like my energy around it was like, don't touch it, keep it over there. And I know from being an, a mover, an embodied person, you, you lock something up, it's not going to function mm. in a holistic way. So I was like, my money is not free. Mm. So I called a coach. I invested, and at that moment to me, an outstanding amount of money with this guy, I was so um sort of embarrassed about it, you know, like and I didn't tell anybody. I just he I just called him up one day. I'm like, I need your help. And we had been in conversation for like six months and I wasn't quite ready. And then there was a moment where I was like, I gotta figure this out, or my life is not going to change. It's like that threshold moment when I'm working with a client.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or, or we're going to potentially go into a contract, they're at a threshold. Mm. I may be, the, right, I may be the, the person to guide them through the portal or not. You know, but I think that's what we look for. And that's what I found in this person. And I have found it in subsequent people after that, a way to, to like um, come into a study of spiritual prosperity. Mm. And I've had to go, you know, I've had my quote unquote injuries in that path too to continue to align to, okay, this money is just another tool, just like my body. I'm like, I'm saying this, I'm kind of like, wow, <laughs> just like my body to understand, to experience, like, what, what is the truth of this universe? Like, oh, where are the places I'm stuck or limiting myself? Wow. What is this little potential of, of, of more love essentially? that all of this is guiding me too. So it's funny, as I'm saying this to you, I feel like it's like a story I could tell and tell, but even as I'm say to, saying it in this moment, I'm like, wow, this is interesting. Mm. <laughs> you know, like to be on this path and in the now, because I think every mac- micro moment that we experience in our lives is related to a larger picture, whether it's our relationships, intimate relationships, our business culture, or probably some like dynamic in the universe, which science may or may not have explained until now, but maybe mysticism has, mm-hmm. you know, so I think that's, that's where my story, that's how oh, I arrived where I am.
0: So much in there, so much in there. One thing I do want to say, though, before I dive into all the questions that I now have for you, <laughs> is that I love the, I love, this is that you've just pointed to the power of conversation. Like there's always mm-hmm. so much going on for each for everyone and to the point that, you know, sometimes the, the sense of it is, is this kind of constant overlap, like we're living it, but we're not always fully aware of it. And so then when you start to put words to it, when you start to, to kind of speak it out in the world, just, I loved your reaction to all of that. It's like, there's this realization that, Oh, this is what's going on here, over here. And yeah. I just really love that. That's, that's why I really, um, I really promote this idea of, of just talking of having conversations with people because mm-hmm. we can learn so much about ourselves and the world and the process like it feels to me like in just in what you were saying like you like the like in the in the way that you were sort of describing being open to something moving through you, it felt like that all that message was just kind of moving through you, you know in some ways that's really amazing
1: you know I, I have a response to that, which I yeah. think is interesting, um because I feel like in our culture right now, sort of into and po- like pre and sort of during and post pandemic, this discussion of trauma, mm. you know, is really on the forefront and yeah. the ways that we've all experienced it. And I think what's beautiful, like one of the laws of the universe, there's good and bad in everything, you know, mm. and I think one gift of this is we come out of the reaction and we we get to see, oh, what is this? Oh, what is the story that's being told right now? What is this? What's real? What's true? So I, I think maybe because I've like literally just gone through some of my own processing yeah. that has allowed for more spaciousness. I don't know if I talked to you last week before I had done all these, this work, like would I still have, <laughs> I'm kind of curious, I, but I, it just feels like something interesting to say Yeah. in what you're saying about conversation And I, I'm kind of, you know, I love that you brought that up, but I think that there's a spaciousness in, it sounds like in the conversation that you're speaking about.
0: Mm, For sure. Like, that's what it is. That's all it is. It's space. You know, it's, it's the space for, for something to arise. And, and uh, you know, the, just the fact that you've talked about, we're going to just riff on this whole thing and I'm not, never going to get to my questions, but just that you've sort of said it might've been different you know, if I'd spoken to you a week or two ago, I love that too because it's just such a—it's speaking to the idea that it's just it, we're all—we're all just moving through something. It's we're all just these this collection of um, snapshots in time, and you know, when I think about when I think about things in that way, it it allows me personally to embrace this idea of change with, with a, with maybe a lot in a looser way to hold change in a way that isn't, you know how we get, we get fearful about things changing and shifting. And there are some things in your story that kind of pointed to um, moments of where you thought that things needed to change too. And I, you know, and, and I could feel that, that energy and that I, and I could relate to that energy of, of um wanting things to change or knowing things need to change, but not necessarily you know kind of willing to to look at it any further than that for fear of whatever it is that we're fearing of but before we dive into that, I want to know more about body talk i want- i'd I'd love to have a sense of just because you talked about that as kind of being you know um at the core of the work you do and of of some so many realizations that you've had and so i'd love to hear more about it in part because i don't know if many folks who are listening have heard about it or have a sense of you know where it is and and how it can guide you or or guide anyone
1: you know it it's not something i practice in every session i do anymore in every container i hold but it did what it gave me was a paradigm shift it was actually founded by an australian guy john oh. Dalton, who passed away last year mm-hmm. Um, And what he sort of the genius of what he did was he brought together a lot of different systems, the work of many different people, and with the support of other people, organized it into this really comprehensive protocol and process for asking a person's innate wisdom what the priority for healing is. Mm -hmm. So on a clinical level, when I was practicing in that way, someone would come in. I had this whole protocol memorized and a way to ask questions that were yes or no questions. Is this a priority? Is this a priority? And I would do that through muscle testing. Mm -hmm. So I had to drop my agenda. I had to just open up to (laughs) something greater coming through Mm -hmm. um, and, and treat whatever came up through that muscle testing process. So it could literally be like, someone's stomach needed to connect to what in body talk was called an active memory from when they were 4 years old and i i wouldn't know i wouldn't necessarily know or need to know even the details of what that was like we didn't have to bring everything to consciousness and psychologically analyze it mm-hmm. something might come up in that moment something might come up later for the person something might never come up but the premise is that you ask for priority you build these formulas okay we're going to link this the stomach and it could even be like a it could get as specific as a stomach acid, it could be as specific as a parasite or a micro part of the microbiome in the stomach lining. It, you know, it that's the thing. It's like such a comprehensive system. And depending on the practitioner, you could get really detailed or stay really general with mm-hmm. treating a person. So, you know, stomach linking to this active memory of when the child was four years old. In a session, I'd say, okay, do we need more details on that? No if I got a yes, you know, through the muscle testing, okay, do you have any memories around four years old? Oh yeah. That's when my brother was born and I didn't feel like I had the love of my dad anymore, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But again, it doesn't need to be analytical. We build the formula, we tap it out and we let the body do the healing. Mm -hmm. There's never diagnosis. In fact, we were taught like, don't do that. I think one of the beautiful, many of the beautiful things you're asking that person's innate wisdom I'm dropping my agenda. I'm not like even the person who treated me for my ankle sprain. She didn't even touch my ankle. And I walked mm-hmm. out and it felt better. So it was like my first introduction to quantum healing. That mm-hmm. something could shift like that through consciousness. And we didn't have to go, go from the material level. Mm-hmm. You know, to try to get to consciousness. We would go from consciousness and from there it would drop down. Um, so that's, it's a tool I still work with. And I dove mm-hmm. deep when I studied epigenetics, I studied the microbiome with it. Um, A lot of things around um, like the life sciences of how we're working with belief systems and limiting beliefs and subconscious patterns arising, consciousness of different parts of the body, chakra systems, a lot of traditional Chinese medicine in there. Um, And then there was an ability also to bring in other modalities. So all the somatic modalities I studied, I could bring into that session. Sometimes if I was doing body talk in a group and still, if that's the case, there's also the potential for someone else's wisdom to come into the room. So when I'm leading like a a monthly group program that I have, it might be that we need to bring someone else's story Mm -hmm. into this person's story to like build a matrix for the whole group. Or I literally, I was teaching in New York once, and something came up that someone else in the room knows what this person needs. And it was, a, it, there was a PT in the room and she had more specific knowledge than I had about what was going on with this person's injury. So she mm-hmm. could bring that consciousness in. So it, it, I don't, I just found it's, it's dynamic systems theory. Mm-hmm. Everything is dynamic and connected. Um, so it became, it has become like a highway. I've studied a lot of different modalities since then that come back into this. Um, but I think those principles were so important for me to work with that something could shift in an instant, you know, through, through belief. Mm. Um, and when a person's ready that the, that person, I'm I'm not going to do harm, right. I'm going to step aside and tap and let their body do the healing. I, you know, I say I'm a healer, but I'm a facilitator really. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's complete. Do
0: you yeah. have Yeah. yeah. Well, lots of things coming up for me from that. I think um the questions that are that, that that's that's there at the moment is about the relationship between like I see you coming into this understanding of body talk this this um framework or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it from as an embodied person and I you know um I have to say, and this is something that has just been on the tip, like the front of my mind to say to you before, you know, at some point in this conversation, um, I f- have found myself, you know, in scrolling in, in life and in like scrolling through social media or whatever, whenever I see dancers, I'm that's, it stops me. It stops <laughs> me right there. And I, and I'm drawn to, I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to it. Now I enjoy dancing myself. I've never considered myself to be a dancer. But I started after watching your videos on Instagram, you put these lovely little videos up on Instagram. After watching those, I started just thinking a little bit about like what is it about this? What is it about this that what I'm seeing that is that is capturing my attention in some ways? And what what came up for me was embodiment. And just there is this such a um, a natural sense of embodiment, and so I'm even more curious about embodiment and 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 what it is and how it how it um all the different ways that it can inform kind of who we are and how we live in the world and so from that curiosity, I see you coming to this idea of body talk from. As an embodied person, but maybe not. I don't know. Like the fact that does dancer equal embodied? I don't know if that's true. But if it does, and you can talk to all these things, but if it does, um, how does that how does this new understanding of the of you know, consciousness and these energetics that are sort of underlying life and all these beautiful things that you're learning, how do those marry with your, your embodied, sorry, this is, I tend to ask, Cool. I'm like, I go, I tend to get into it with these questions. How do those marry with your, your sense, your own sense of embodiment or your own sense of your own body? And yeah, just what can you say about all of that stuff?
1: That's such an amazing question. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah because that's another word that's been so in the sphere, like in you know, like in the in the definition. conversations in recent years, like yep. it's in names of things, and mm-hmm. there's so many hashtags. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's for true. me person yeah, for me personally, it's it still goes back to, wo, this is, you know, like letting this vessel of my body be available in its fullest capacity to not only carry physical movement that got boring to me Mm. like seeing someone do something virtuosic I'm like unless there's a there's a consciousness or a spirit behind it that I think is is speaking to a bigger truth that is speaking to a really like life-affirming truth so I'm going to say maybe I'm going to start with one thing we'll see where it goes. Okay the universal laws are something that i really learned when i started coaching and studying this spiritual prosperity the laws that are intrinsic in how the universe functions one of those laws is that essentially everything on this planet as we know it is is designed to for life for more life hmm. right so i think there's something about we're attracted to that that thing that promises us more life hmm. And I think we're attracted to it sometimes in a really sort of superficial level. We get the bait, you know, yeah. or right. we, think, right? we think that more life is, I'm going to buy this outfit mm-hmm. or I'm going to buy this car. I'm going to buy this house, boat, whatever. And now mm-hmm. it's now I'm good. So it's like, it's deeper than mm-hmm. that more life. And I think we're on a consciousness, like planetary level understanding more deeply what that is because we've gone through this thing of seeing people get money but they're not happy Mm. you know so what truly is life what what is it that gives this poppy this this like (laughs) beautiful yeah i know they're like in season here that it um came from the garden and Mm. there's something about us i think that is biologically drawn to that So that freedom, that movement, a healthy system of circulation, a healthy system that is resourced and also gives Mm. it's, it's, it's connected. So I feel like embodiment is yes, I can. And I came from this through all the somatics, like, okay, if I move my head like this, and I allow my sits bone to move like that, and my ribs get to do that, like, that feels mechanical to me. And it's awesome because it can open up this whole other doorway for movement. Mm. And like on top of that, or alongside that, or before or after around that is also, what is the expressive potential of that? Mm. Like, what what is the, what is the capacity that a person who let's, let's look at it like this, like, you know, trauma, the excited kid, maybe that wasn't acceptable at home. Calm down, stop asking questions, like be quiet. We, we got to get, we got to get to the appointment, get in the car, be quiet, Mm. you know, maybe repeated and repeated. So that life energy gets shut down. And we all know that I think, and we all feel that and either through wanting to move towards something or through jealousy, you know, like the dark side of it. And so I feel like embodiment is yes the physical but it's also like I I am curious about being available to carry the spectrum of emotions and experiences that we are here to have without being reactive like with with a with a, with a, with a an ability to see that and to consciously choose I can hold rage and I can choose to to transmute that energy in service of more life, because that feels better. And I'm going to stumble along the way, and I'm going to try, and I'm going to, I need to learn how to be compassionate with myself, because yes, I might do something that oversteps boundaries or whatever, or someone might do it to me, mm. you know, but I think there's just, okay, what are we allowing ourselves to feel, to experience, and to take ultimate responsibility for? And I feel like we start to learn how to, how to be. I was like, is that it? I feel like we start to be a container for that. And I would say mm-hmm. this in dance class, like bring everything to this room and mm-hmm. learn how to hold it. You hold it in the respo- in the in the environment of this community mm-hmm. that's all together. I'm guiding this space, but I want to invite you to feel free to feel what you're feeling and know that you're safe and feeling it. And the movement practice I do is just that. Mm. You're moving with your innate wisdom. How does it want to move? Can you give yourself even half a second or half a millimeter of potential to experience something a little different in a no stakes environment like rehearsal? Mm. So that when you go into a conversation where that pattern of lockdown comes in again, You've already had through practice, you know, an experience of feeling wait, there's a doorway here. I am the person who has the keys to that doorway. I am the person who can walk through that doorway because I've been practicing. I've been practicing in mind, body, and spirit Mm -hmm. to be able to have the capacity to do that. And in doing that, something greater. I feel like we let go and something greater moves
0: through. Mm -hmm. I love this so much. I have to say, I don't even know if you were done then, but I'm like, I just have to jump in because what I'm, what I'm hearing, and I, honestly, it's gonna take me probably a week or more to process all of this stuff, but for the, for in the yoga, from the yoga world, and I'm gonna generalize to some degree, but from the yoga world, what, we're, what we are as teachers and practic- practitioners are so focused on is getting people out of their heads and into their bodies. And what it feels like you've just kind of and so I see the dance world as like this perfect, you know, thing, but what it feels like you've just like beautifully illuminated and is illustrated is that um, in the dance world, it may be almost it's not necessarily about getting out of your body and into your head, but we're but the same sorts of things can afflict dancers who are in their bodies, who don't have the connection to that that bigger thing that we're all trying to connect to, and so it's this: we just we have this sort of gr- like glorifying if, of embodiment in the in the yoga world, but in many ways it, it can it can almost bypass you know and like this it can bypass what we're really going for, which is this connection to spirit this this this. Um, this connection to inner wisdom and deeper and all of these deeper things. And so we just think, oh, well, if I can just feel something, if I can just get into my body and maybe it comes naturally, I don't know, but I'm not so sure it does. Like once, once you can, once you have this beautiful control of your body and once you have this beautiful connection to your body, that means that you're feeling things and you can, these are the things that I've always been the most fascinated with, even with actors who have such a control of their, expression and all the rest of it, but that doesn't necessarily give you that connection or that, whatever it is like that, that access, you know?
1: Yeah. Not necessarily. I think I love that you brought in actors too. And I, this is a big one for me because I I do work with a lot of artists Mm -hmm. and dance for me, that was a safe space for ways that I couldn't be embodied in relationship to authority. Mm. You know, so even in my adult years, like being able to be on stage and freak out and like, you know, like go to all these places that maybe societally or in my mind, even that weren't, you know, weren't uh, appropriate. I have awesome parents, but you know, it's like maybe weren't appropriate at home or weren't appropriate at Catholic school. You know, it's just whether or not it's verbal it's there's an expression that gets suppressed in all of us i think so art is that safe space and it doesn't necessarily translate um, immediately or necessarily at all in people's lives that then that means every other facet of their life is like that you know it's like i'm just like full transparency that that was my that has been my playing field mm. to to practice and i think i think Great artists can do this. They off. They do offer us a portal or a doorway to see that something else is possible. Music for mm-hmm. me, visual art is really strong. Yeah, you know, we sit there outside of our heads, outside of trying to mm, dominate with a left brain logic, which I think is just. I think we're shifting out of that too. Yeah. You know what
0: I'm, Beautiful to like. see.
1: Yeah, and so I. Ju- I think I just wanted to say that because. I I love this question. I feel like there's so many different layers to it and it's when are we ever done? We're never done
0: with it. Nope. And I love that. I love that you've come to that too, because I think even just when I'm tuning into my own story, my own inner stories, you know, the things I tell myself about, the the practices I do or the whatever, I think there is this there is this sense. And the question now for me is like, where does that come from? But there is this idea that like, once this and this and this and this and this and this, and this all line up, you're good. Like you're done. But they, that's not, that's never the case. Uh-huh. It's never yeah. the case.
1: It's never the case. I, my understanding of that is it's like a fear, it's a fear-based ego response, you mm-hmm. know, like then it has a job. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if if it's like when you make this money, when you have this relationship, when you get this accolade or whatever, it, it that what does that mean? Does yeah. that really mean that you know that you are now lovable? You are that's a lie because we're lovable just because we're here.
0: Yeah,
1: not because of anything we do.
0: Oh. This very much, this speaks to what I want to ask you about next and touch on because, just like a beautiful segue into it, because you mentioned, you talked about money and you talked about your relationship with it and, and how it was something that you know kind of needed to change. And it's, it's very interesting to me because yoga, you know, in some ways is considered a science, um, but I think in, in my opinion, it's very much an art or it has there's this artist there's this art to it, and I recognize that lots of folks who are in the yoga world, lots of teachers in the yoga world they really struggle with some of the same blocks as artists do around money, you know these ideas of like worthiness and and how do I make a living doing this, and how do I make a living while at the same time being authentic in who i and honoring who i am and and so I'm really glad that you brought up money. I know that's a part of the part of the work that you do now and I just would love to hear just your insights on it. Anything that anything that sort of comes to you around these things that I that I'm kind of bringing up.
1: Yeah. Money is an amplifier. I think for what's in the room within a person. It can be that. And I I definitely have a lot of people that I work with who are healers Yogis, Ayurvedic protection or um, protectioners,
0: practitioners. I'm a protectioner,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's a similar thing. Like a lot of us go to that work because of our own wounding, you know, our own things we want to heal, and then it's like, wait, I can charge for this, like, huh, you know, and a, and there's so much like cultural wounding around that because money had been used as an amplifier of someone's misalignment. Hmm. So money's not the bad thing. It's just it it wh- what are the choices around uh in that in a person's life and then money sort of being being reflective of that. Mm-hmm. I know I'm speaking really abstractly. That's okay. I can kind of say two things here. I I did have someone ask this question in a a session I was uh, like a free session I was doing called permission to be prosperous. Mm -hmm. And this person asked, and it was, it was such a beautiful heartfelt question. He asked like, how, how can you do this expansion without um, letting go of all that's good in you?
0: Mm. Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wow, what a cool question, because what if we were able to look at money and not see it as something that corrupts us, but something that we can work with, like, like anger, mm. right? Like in traditional Chinese medicine, anger is just movement. It, it's, it's springtime, it's stuff coming out of the ground, it's catalyst, it's boundary, it's protection. So those like, and then with everything, there's a, there's a shadow and there's a light side, you know, if it's not conscious, it's, it's, it's destructive in a way that's not for the good of all the highest good of all. Mm. I don't want to get too meta on that, but <laughs> like, I go really meta, but with, with money, I think it's a fascinating, convenient way for people in control for us to think that money is the root of evil. It's, it's not money. It's the biblical saying it's the love of money, mm. you know? So what's really true? Who, where did this idea get planted? Where did this idea get planted that this freaking abundant universe is scarce. This universe that knows how to replenish itself and knows how to cleanse itself that runs by universal laws. It's abundant. And I had to really consciously believe that to undo all of my paradigms and conditionings that really root down to I'm not supported in this life. Right? So I could tie that to the trauma of maybe being a baby who got taken from her mother too fast off of like right after the birth process. Mm. The biological process of that is the baby's umbilical cord is long enough for it to reach its mother's chest after the adrenal push of going through the vaginal canal, the birth process to then relax, Mm. to then go into a calmer adrenal state, to smell her mom, to Mm. Her sweat to get the microbiome going, you know, of that's going to support the digestion for her life. To feel her heartbeat, relax. Mm. I don't even know how I got there, but <laughs> beautiful. <though. laughs> we're here. We're floating. We're, we're, we're relaxing. Floating. <laughs> but I just, I think there's something, or there's there's a lot of lies or mistruths or misguided information around what money is and how mm. it happens and how much there is or isn't. Mm. You no, know, it's so funny. I met this guy once who worked in a very high sort of secret government position. Mm-hmm. He related to me. He's like like four of us were sitting around a table making these decisions and then we see it on the news and we're like we just did that. This whole this thing that then everybody in the nation believes. Mm. <laughs> you know, so mm. I just feel like when, when, with working with money, some of the biggest things that come up are worthiness, scarcity, which is a, which is a wound. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a truth. I think it's a wound. And when we start to heal that, and when we start to touch, this is what this did for me. I got introduced to my power. I wasn't afraid of it. And I can't tell you how many people I we get to this point where they're about to step through a boundary or threshold to expand. Mm. And they say, I'm afraid of my power. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's, they divide at some point in their lives, they divided themselves and power wasn't safe. So maybe the alternative was numb out. Mm. Like what was the, what was the pattern that that person set up? We all have this, you know? So I feel like when there is a conscious, loving, aligned, informed, dynamic relationship to this tool of money. And we intrinsically believe that we are good. We are love. Then what's going to happen? Then, how is the world going to change? Hmm. Then, people going to be like, don't, I I got, I just made a thousand dollars. I'm not going to give this to anybody. Wait, the world's abundant. Just give it away. And I'm saying this because I've touched it. I am not a hundred percent clear with this, Yeah, you know, but I know there's times when I give a bunch of money away and more money comes in, you know, and there's times when I'm scared and it's like, it's like prosperity constipation. Mm. You know, it's just like, it's the body. It's how it functions. It's
0: embodied prosperity. Mm. That's actually one of the things I was, as you're saying this, I'm thinking, what is the, what is the role of this relationship with the body? Because when I think about embodiment, I mean, as you said, like, it's a word that it's getting thrown around a lot these days. But when I think about it, I think about it as wholeness. Like a just a just a a connection to wholeness, and and so it means so much. There's a there's expressions of it that are that are so clear. Like I think you know in the way that I was sort of describing my response to your videos, I think I think many of us ha- are drawn to this experience of wholeness, and so and and just based on all the things and I don't know how this is going to come out but based on all the things that you're you're saying about money which I so am on board with I wonder about gosh in the this is this is getting along I wonder about in the in the face of so so many external messages that basically filter through to our internal stories how do we even begin to walk towards what you're what you're talking about walk towards this one this understanding that everything is energy and that um and that so much of our relationship with everything including money is is related to you know our own internal wounds and and a need to kind of let that go and like like how do we even begin you've kind of touched on a few things like you know you talked about giving away things but and maybe you don't have an answer for everybody, but maybe you might be able to talk a little bit more about how that's looked for you or some of these bigger concepts around how we start to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I first want to say that this embodiment as wholeness, yeah. you know, the word heal means to make whole. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said that. And I do think that is that thing I was talking about earlier too. Like we see there's a life moving through this being this person. It's like there's the there's the fountain of water. Mm. There's the lush plant, you know, that we just were drawn to. Um, and with the with the embodiment or the wholeness of the the money piece, I think what I do with people is we need to get really clear on who they are and what and we do that by looking at what they want in their lives, because mm. desire. The root, like some, the root meaning of that word is of, of the stars, of spirit, of the father, the of into the mater, the material feminine of this, you know, the mother. Mm. So it is this really beautiful um, duality in motion. Mm. So through, through true desire, not fear-based desire, a person is led. Mm. My desire which I had to keep secret to make more money and invest multiple five figures with this first coach Mm. was my true desire. And I had to keep it secret because it wasn't safe yet. It wasn't safe for me to just expose this to anyone else's opinion. Mm. And I think that's a container that a like a good coach can provide for someone. Mm. What is what is that secret desire that wants to move through you? Are you ready with support? I mean, if they're showing up, they probably are. Hmm. But, you know, like, what's, okay, what's the next step? And for me, it was literally making that investment, giving the guy my credit card number, hanging up the phone and being like, I just got duped. Hmm. The, the subconscious wants to kick in and bring us right back to where we are mm-hmm. automatically. It's not, it just is, it's going to mm-hmm. work that way. So I think a person needs to start to know that they need new information to expand beyond where they are. Mm-hmm. So there's study, but then there's lived experience. Mm-hmm. If they're not out there in the field, it's like, you could read about how to dance, but if you're not in your body, trying it out, you're never going to learn it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I think lived experience with guidance from someone who has experience. Like I got drawn to each of the people who have coached me because mm. some part of me was very curious. Like even one guy was like, I need to coach with him. I didn't know how much he charged. Mm. I paid him more than what people pay for medical school. Mm. And, and I didn't know where the money was going to come from, but it changed my life. I learned lessons that he that are never gonna go away. Oof. Mm-hmm. Priceless. Mm-hmm. And so it just feels good to acknowledge that, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not about an ROI on a baseline number. Like I think once a person gets into this, and I think this, I hope this is a shift in the coaching world that. The superficial is like, yeah, I want the money because of a fear. Mm-hmm. I'm not enough unless I have those things. Mm-hmm. What I'm curious is about, about is what is the truth for that person? Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to make $5,000 a month. Maybe they want to make $5,000 a day. Maybe they want to make $5,000 a minute. There's nothing better or worse about any of those. Mm-hmm. But how can I support you and see you in landing with what that truth is for you? right now because it will shift Mm -hmm. right now in this micro moment that's the doorway and that's the portal and if we can get honest about that and everything that's either preventing that person from touching that truth Mm -hmm. that's the work to touch the truth and to stay there Uh uh-oh i said i wanted to charge five hundred dollars a session now Freeze, like mm-hmm. I, I can feel it in my body. You know, I've mm-hmm. seen so many people, come, including myself, come to that moment of truth. Yeah, being like, "Oh no!" But they know, and I usually can see it, but they need to tell me, like, "Oh, that's their truth." This per, I had one client. She's like, "I'm fancy."
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that
1: was not which, she- yeah, that was not okay in her family. Yeah. There was a lot of judgment around that. So yeah. that's her gift. Her ability to claim that yeah. is a gift to everyone who comes into contact
0: with her. Not
1: because of not because she's fancy or she wants to buy this or that, but because it's true.
0: Mm. What I'm taking from this, and this is just brilliant. Like what I'm what I'm taking from this conversation is, or at least this this aspect of it, is that we're we're, we're, we, we compartmentalize our lives in the same way that we compartmentalize everything else. We see, you know, we see security and we see, you know, um, I don't know, um, parenting or being in a relationship or money as all or health. We see all of those things as separate things when they're actually all the same thing. They're all the same. And so I often have people come to me and they say things like, um, "I want to I, I'm experiencing anxiety, and so can you tell, can you tell me something or give me something that's going to fix that?" And I, you know I want to be back in balance, and I think, all right, well, what else is happening in your life? What like we can't just zero in on the thing that you're we can't zero in on where you're feeling it necessarily. We have to we have to zoom out in order to try to get as much of an idea of the big picture as possible. And to think that you will have balance in any one place in your life when there doesn't exist balance in other places in your life is foolhardy is foolhardy. And yet we have we're constantly bombarded with these messages. And this is why I'm really loving the way that you're coming at this we're constantly bombarded with these bombarded with these messages that if we do this all of this will happen if we ha, you know if we make this money or do this whatever all of this other stuff will fall into place and i don't know like there's a part of me that's going mm, it sounds like what you're saying is if we can look at the whole thing if we can better understand and bring and get and and begin to move everything towards balance everything will move towards balance. Everything will come. And that is about understanding who you are, understanding what you want, being willing to dive into your truth, all of these things. It's not about, you know, creating a course and charging $20,000 because everybody else is. There's a, there's so much more to it than that.
1: Totally. And there's a law that it's the law of rhythm. Everything is constantly moving to and fro. Like it's, balance is not a place. And I think, you know, I think that's, it's that beauty of when things fall apart, Pema payment. Mm-hmm. I always forget if it's Pema sure. or Pema. Uh-huh. That, that book, I just remember reading it and being and year, like a decade or so ago and feeling like, Oh, this is a dance manual. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I can't, there's no such thing as a, like a, an arrival place in dancing. Even if I'm completely still, my body is constantly adjusting to support the moment again. Now, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, so I, I just, I I don't know. There's something, I I think kind of hmm, one one of my mentors who's done a lot of work in what he does and on himself, he would, he would say there's, there is no such thing as safety. Like that's the big illusion so where is the I mean there's only who we are in this moment our ability to respond and the thing that happens after that and Mm -hmm. then we respond again and wow it just feels like it just you know again if if we felt like we were loved and held and we learned how to do that and we learned how to honor who we were from childhood Mm -hmm. well then then what are we going to solve like cool (laughs) Like, maybe we never will. And maybe that is just part of this journey. And we're all contributing to this incredible collective consciousness. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I think there's no hierarchy in this either. Mm. And I think that's kind of a beautiful thing too. It's like, where are you? How's it going? Let's have a conversation about it. Mm. What can we, What can we learn from each other? Wow, you like that politician? Okay, okay. What'd you eat for dinner? I don't know. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, it's like all these ways that it's it's so fascinating that in recent years there's been so much divisiveness. Yeah. I was like, oh, isn't that interesting? What is that reflecting inside of ourselves? What can and I think I I learned from my my twenties. I think because of this path, like, huh, what's the work that needs to happen here? And there was a shadow too because then I would blame myself for everything Hmm. and I would take responsibility where maybe it wasn't really I would let me it was controlling Hmm. right? like to that let me work on myself not set a boundary let me well let me just figure it out over here not connect
0: Hmm. so I mean it's a journey I I'm just just the statement of there's no such thing as safety really really hit me that is just to me, that just speaks so much. That speaks to how how, you know, I mean, I can only I can really only talk about myself, but sometimes we get a view into the underlying story or the underlying energy that drives how and who we are in the world. And when I hear that idea that there's no such thing as safety, I realize, oh. There is so much of the way that I engage with the world that really is con- that is constantly clutching for safety and at the same with this belief that it exists. And at the same time, as you're as as I'm hearing and, and watching you, because we're I can see you you, you know, the rest of the people can't. But and thinking about the movement. Thinking about just watching you dance. And I, anybody who's listening to this, please, we will share Michelle's. (laughs) I really want you guys to know what I'm talking about. We will share all of her details and her social media. I want you to see the videos. That the movement to me, when I think about that, that idea of no such thing as safety, you are moving in a way that is an expression of that as an idea. Just just everything just going just and there's and to me what's there what's under it is to me at least and this is what I see and this is I used to be um I used to go to a lot of you know modern dance and work with modern dance people in the in New York and 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 so there's this connection for me to to dance and movement but what I see in that movement in the in the freedom in that movement is trust there's just this, it's like at the very core of it, there's this trust and, and also this sense of, all right, well, if there isn't anything as, as, if there isn't, if there is no such thing as safety, then all I can do is learn to live with that. All I can do is, is, is find a way to be that honors that understanding and yeah. doesn't, and doesn't try to pretend like that's not true. You know what I mean? Like, no, it isn't. Oh, there is safety. I can find it, you know, kind of a thing, which is what so much of it, so many of us do, myself included. All the
1: time. <laughs> All the time. And it's just cool to, I think this is like the refinement and the nuance and the mastery in the best sense of the word of any artist who is honing a skill. Yeah. Like, oh, this allows for more of this thing to come through. Mm. An engineer, like, oh, this allows for this thing to function in this way. A surgeon, I don't know, you know, like oh, this does this in this moment now. Mm. Tomorrow, I don't know. I I don't know, you know, like I I think there's and and, I'm it makes me think of, yeah, there's a slow evolution. Like, how old are humans?
0: hundreds of thousands
1: hundreds of thousands I think at least four maybe but I don't know it's just it's the most like you what you said of like it's just about being here Mm. and I think one thing if there is maybe safety this particular mentor David Nagel would always say your greatest power is your ability to choose that is the thing that we seem to have that the animals and plants on the rest of this planet don't as Mm -hmm. far as we know. Mm. know? And again, like everything good and bad, the law of polarity, there's a gift in that and there's a struggle, Mm -hmm. but it's all, it's, it's all in a perfect design, you know, it's, but I I think that is for, I just remember sitting at the table with him and him, his, his, you know, he's just saying that to me, like, You, you can choose you, you, all you have the law of cause and effect. You made a choice. What's the effect? Is it the effect that you want? Great. If you know, if it is great, go with that. If it's not change the, change your choice.
0: Mm. Like simple. Mm. You know, this has just been an amazing conversation. I think, yeah, I've had so many insights from it and because the because the podcast is live like you love yourself i often will ask um folks guests at the end of a conversation about that as an idea and about what that means to them and maybe for maybe in this conversation it's about what that means to you in this moment perhaps or today or in this snapshot or whatever but what's there for you around that as an idea
1: wow yeah i love the name of or this prompt i feel like the name is a prompt
0: yeah it is
1: Love yourself. And I think there's like a deconditioning for me, what I'm going through right now. What does that even mean to love myself? And I thought, you know, I've taught courses on self-love, and and I've said i've heard I know in the past I've said it's more than a massage, you know, but I think the love, holy guacamole, this is what it is. It's you look at yourself in the mirror. And you see the wholeness of you, and you're open to all that you can carry, all the potential that you have, and you love all of it, and you can be in awe of it, and in wonder of it, and in total compassion and relationship to it. And you choose in this moment, what do I want? In this moment, what do I want? And it's it's, it's the clarity of nature. It's not going into confusion. It's not going into judgment. And I I feel like more and more on a micro level, I'm choosing to listen to that, even though it might disappoint someone. I mean, I set a boundary with someone the other day, my partner guy. (laughs) And he was like, I was like, not yet. And he was, And he's like, I really, that was really great because he said, I could feel you disconnected from me physically, but you didn't energetically. And I think what he was saying was like, that it wasn't, it wasn't a shutdown of love. It was actually an opening of love, Mm. respecting my own boundary. It's generous. Mm. Oh God. It's like simple. (laughs) (laughs) So live like you love yourself is, It's, it's just Yeah, what is it now? That's what came through in this moment.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Yeah, and, you know, I also just kind of want to kind of let you have the last word. Like, is there anything that you would want to talk about or anything that you would want to share with my audience outside of that? I mean, that was pretty pretty amazing. But anything that you would want to share outside of that, perhaps even just around the work you're doing or anything, you know? just to kind of finish it off
1: i mean this is this is moving me but what's coming through is humility for this great adventure mm. you know like in the same way we see something in nature and we marvel, marvel at it or at it in art to look at our own lives in that way with awe with wonder mm. with with love and spaciousness and Thank you for listening to anyone who listened and made it this far. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to be doing when this podcast comes out, <laughs> but if there's something, if there's something that is drawing someone to connect, like message me on Instagram, email, email us, like, let's see what's there. Yeah. And just gratitude. Thank you.
0: Mm. Thank you. This has been a brilliant conversation, Michelle. I just, I really just appreciate who you are in the world. And, um, and please don't stop making your videos because I really, those are like, I just love them so much. So, um, so yeah, thanks so much for this conversation. Thank you for having me. Okay, okay. What did you think? And what, what aspects of that conversation inspired you? What came up for you? You know, I've just got back from spending a few weeks in the U.S., for all you Aussies out there in America, with my family. And while I was there, I attended the Psychedelic Science Conference in Denver put on by MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. And it was the largest gathering of psychedelic scientists and researchers and practitioners, artists and enthusiasts in history. And I got to tell you, it was incredibly inspiring. You know, I've spoken a little bit on the podcast, mainly in the outros, about my interests and my studies in psychedelics. And after attending such an incredible event that for many, myself included, and without the help of any psychedelic substances, was pretty life-changing, I'm even, I'm even more inspired to, to open up the conversation about these substances and the potential role that they might play in moving us towards a healthier and more aware, compassionate and connected world. And you know, I, that might sound a little bit big headed and I have to agree that there's a fair amount of optimism in my statements, but in my mind, psychedelics and yoga are very much on the same team in fact that's one of the one of the reasons why i'm even interested in psychedelics which is another story that i'll tell much later but i think both of these two things they offer support for a deep level of awareness and profound experiences of empathy and compassion if used with discernment and in the spirit of holistic well-being but just like with yoga that doesn't always happen with psychedelics. And so in the episodes ahead, I'm hoping to open up this conversation about the relationship between yoga and psychedelics and to share more about what I see as the possibilities and the pitfalls of the current psychedelic renaissance and the role that yoga and Ayurveda and yoga teachers and practitioners and Ayurvedic practitioners might actually play in grounding and expanding what is possible with these substances um, and how and their ability to heal ourselves and the world around us. And so stay tuned. And if you have any questions, please drop me an email at shara at blissbodyandsoul.com. As always, thank you so very much for listening and until next time.